and amen. All right. We'll be in Romans 8 if you'd like to turn there today. Romans 8. The title of the message is Full Pardon. Full Pardon. May 30th, 1829. George Wilson and James Parker were convicted of stealing mail from the mail carrier. They were sentenced to be hung <laughs> July the 2nd, 1829. Boy, they didn't take long, did they? You don't be stealing no mail from the mail carrier. They were sentenced to die because of their crime. Friends and family members of uh, George Wilson petitioned President Andrew Jackson to to grant him leniency, grant him mercy, maybe even give him a, a pardon. And when July 2nd came around, George's buddy, James Porter, he was hung. But George got out of it because, you see, President Andrew Jackson gave him a pardon, a full pardon, and said, we will no longer hang you by the neck, but you will have to spend time in prison. And George Parker thought about that, and he said, you know, I will not accept the pardon. I will not accept the free gift that you have just given to me. And I choose to die by hanging. And a few days after July 2nd, he too was hung. Because, you see, he refused to accept the free gift of Andrew Jackson to pardon him. And, you know, there's people today that we know maybe some in our family, some in this community, some are in this state, some around this world, probably millions around this world that have made the same decision that George Wilson made. The same decision to not accept a full pardon, to not accept the gift that Jesus Christ has offered to all of us. The gift of freedom from sin, the gift of eternal life. And just like George Wilson chose death, we know folks choose death all the time, don't they? They do not want to accept the free gift that Jesus is offering them. And they choose to be separated from holy God from ever and forever. I don't know about you, but that ought to make you sad. That ought to make you sad and that ought to motivate you to be able to go tell somebody that you know that does not have the gift of the full pardon of Jesus and tell them there's a better way to live. There's a better way to die. There's a better way to spend your eternity than separated from holy God. But that's really not where the message is going to go today. What about us? What about us that have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior? Those of us who have truly been born again. Those of us that are followers of Christ. What's in it for us here? What, what is our future? What, what do we get to stand on, if you would? Because we've given our heart and life to Christ. 
And as I was thinking about the message, I, I thought of Romans 8. And, and I've already had two people tell me Romans 8 is one of the uh, most famous chapters in the whole Bible. One of the, the best uh, chapters that there is. There's so many great promises in this book, especially in this chapter. And, and today I want to just talk to probably much Christians today. And I want to just have us look at three, three promises that he has given to us in this chapter alone. There's more, there's more than three. But I hope today's message, as we look at these three promises that he's given to us, that it will be an encouragement to all of us to walk the Christian walk, to, to be able to deal with things that come into our lives that are not very pleasant, and that we can draw strength as a Christian from these three promises that come from chapter 8 of Romans. So I hope that's where the message is going to go today. I hope that you will find encouragement from this message and that uh, it will be things that we can use on a daily basis as we walk the Christian walk. The first one I want to look at is the very first verse of chapter 8. And he starts off with chapter 8 with such a great, great verse. And he says this in verse 1. He says, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a great way to start a chapter. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we know, do we not, we, we talked about this in the uh, new beginner's class, believer's class, that every person on the face of the earth is a sinner. They have, they have a sin nature that we have inherited from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says they have, that sin nature has been passed down to every person. And we know that that sin nature and the sins that we commit causes us to be separated from holy God. Holy God cannot look at except sin. He is perfect and we are not. And because of that, the Bible says we have been separated from holy God. In John 3, 36, it says it this way. I like this. It says, He who believes in the Son shall have eternal life. What a great promise. But he that does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. But the wrath of God abides on him. Every person who has never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior has condemnation, has the wrath of God that is abiding on him. But you see, we just can't leave it there. Because the Apostle Paul has something to say about that. He has something to say about there is no condemnation. And how can he get to that fact? The Apostle Paul will tell us in, his, in, in, this, in God's Word that as we has been, have been born again, true believers in Christ, the Bible says we have been justified by God. That word justified says that we have as if we have never sinned. When God looks at a true blue born-again believer, it is, is as if we had never sinned, and God justifies us because of that. The Bible also tells us He has given us His righteousness. 
when Jesus died on the cross, He took our sin and in exchange from that through our faith, He gave us His righteousness. We are made right with God because of what Christ did on the cross. And then the Bible will also tell us that we are now alive in Christ. We are no longer dead to sin, but we are alive to Christ. That is a good thing, believers, that we have been justified. We have been given His righteousness, and we are alive in Christ. And because of that, the Bible says we have been given eternal life. That's the first part of that verse of 336. He who believes on the Son shall have eternal life. Eternal life means eternal life. Eternal life does not mean temporary, does not mean for a week, 10 days, 2 weeks, 1,000 years. It means eternity, forever and forever and forever. He who believes on the Son shall have eternal life. And eternal life says you will never lose that eternal life. Just a little side note there, okay? The Bible also tells us when we became a Christian, we have a new position in Christ. We have been, in Ephesians 1, tells us who we are in Christ. And this is really good, too. I want to just remind us as Christians, in Ephesians 1, it says that we have been chosen before the foundation of the world. We have been chosen before the foundation of the world. The Bible says also in those verses, we have been adopted into the family of God. When we accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, we are now part of the family of God. We are now part of the kingdom of God. It also says we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That's a really a good thing because he paid the price on the cross by his suffering and by his shedding of his blood. We have been bought with a price, and that price was Jesus dying on, on the cross. Those verses also tell us as Christians we have received every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing that we will either need, God is ready to provide that for us. That is a really a good thing. The Bible also says who we are in Christ is we have been forgiven of all of our sins. Our past, our present, our future sins have all been forgiven. That, my friend, is a really a good thing. The Bible also tells us that we have received an inheritance, that when we pass from this old world, what's going to happen to us? We've been made Christ as Lord and Savior. We have an inheritance, something that we cannot even imagine that God has prepared for you and I. And the last thing we read in Ephesians 1 about who we are in Christ is we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 9, you can look at it right there. It says that every born again Christian has the Holy Spirit that indwells them. That we have God that lives inside of us, okay? We have God that lives inside of us. And because of that, the Bible says that Holy Spirit that lives with inside of us as we have been sealed with him and that sealing means that it is God's promise to you and I when we possess the Holy Spirit that it is his promise it is his down payment to us that when we pass from this old world that we will spend eternity with with him forever and forever it is a really good thing to be sealed by the Holy Spirit okay really good thing when at one time we were looking at condemnation and we had the wrath of God abiding in us. When we got saved, we have been justified and we have been made right with God. That, my friends, is a great, great thing. You know, the beauty of that to being justified and to be made right with God, number one, you didn't do any of that, okay? 
God did that for you. And when God declares that you have been justified, when God says that it is as, as if you had never sinned, and when God says you are righteous, you have been made right with me, and God has said that, and he's ordained that, and he's proclaimed that in your life, then the Bible tells us that nothing can take that away from us. If you have God declares it, it nothing can take that away from you. It's John 10, 29. I love that verse. And 28 also, but 29 I've got up on the screen. And it says this, For my Father who has given them to me, Jesus, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. You know what that means? That is eternal security. When God declares you righteous and God declares you justified, nobody, nobody and no thing can take you out of God's precious hands. That is a really a good thing. When Jesus died on the cross, he took our punishment and took our condemnation and took the wrath and in turn gave us his righteousness. Truly born again, what a great thing. Because the Bible says you will never experience the wrath of God. There is no condemnation. You will never experience the wrath of God now or for eternity. You will never experience the lake of fire and brimstone because there is no condemnation. You will never experience being separated from holy God forever and forever when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. See, there's no condemnation. See, you will never, never experience the weeping and the gnashing of teeth that the Bible talks about that is associated with being separated from God. But what you will experience by being born again, you will experience being in the very presence of holy God, being able to walk the streets of gold with Jesus, and to be able to experience the great, great beauty that we cannot even imagine. 2 Corinthians 2.9 says it this way, What no eye has seen, nor ears heard, or heart of man can imagine. What God has prepared for those who have loved him. That, that, that's got to be an encouragement to all of us. <laughs> that's got to be something really good for all of us. That, that when we got saved, I mean, there is no condemnation. There is no wrath. We will never experience. The wrath of God will not ever now abide on you because of what Jesus Christ did and what because you accepted him as Lord and Savior. Jesus paid our sin debt so we don't have to. I don't know about you, but that is a amen and that is an amen that he did that for us. What an encouragement. Second verse I want us to look at real quickly. Romans eight eighteen. I love this verse too. What a beautiful promise. In Romans 8, 18, it says this, For the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared to the glory that he will reveal to us. The sufferings that we will experience now do not compare to the glory that will be revealed to us. Wow. Apostle Paul knew about suffering. Did you know it? The Apostle Paul knew about suffering as he wrote this. Because you see, we, we read about in 2 Corinthians 11 some of the things that Paul went through. Let me just give you a list of, 
of those things that Paul dealt with, those kinds of sufferings that he dealt with, and yet he could still write that verse. The Bible will tell us five times he received 39 lashes. 39 lashes. He got hit 39 times with a whip. They believed if you hit him 40 times, that would cause death. So he was one lash before death. That happened to him five times because of the gospel. Five times. Three times the Bible says he was beaten with rods. One time the Bible tells us that he was stoned to death. Stoned to death and probably died. And you can read about chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the first part of that, what he experienced at that point. Stoned to death because of the gospel. Three times he was shipwrecked. Uh, one day he floated night and day holding on to a, a board that had broken off from his shipwrecked ship trying to survive in the water. Can't imagine. And he says, I had dangers everywhere. Dangers from everywhere. I've experienced all those kind of things. And you can see him up there on the board, all those dangers from robbers to rivers to water to everything he had been. He experienced cold and hunger. He experienced exposure. He experienced the stress of, of, of trying to lead churches in the right direction. And, and in that list, we don't see what the biggest thing probably was him for his suffering. The Bible says he had a thorn in his side. A thorn in his side. Something was causing him pain or discomfort all the time, 24-7. And, of course, we know he prayed three times to have that released. And what happened? God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you you see Paul understood what suffering is he understood how hard life can be he understood what it meant to 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 struggle in life and you know we might not have those same issues but the issues that we have have this have different names don't they they all have different names we all deal with health issues don't we sometimes we get that call we don't want to we don't want to receive Sometimes there's some mental issues going on and we have to learn to deal with that. And sometimes we have financial issues that, that there's more month than there is uh, money. Sometimes we have family issues that, that we've got somebody going south for the winter and we've got to bring them back and, and we, we pray over that, we struggle over that and, and those kind of issues which cause us suffering in our, in our lives. Sometimes we just have spiritual issues. Sometimes we just don't, we just wonder where God is. We, we have job issues. We have worldly issues. And, and we, we live in a world that's gone haywire. And we, sometimes we worry about those kinds of issues. But Paul in this verse is telling us what? All of that, all the stuff that he dealt with, all the stuff that you and I deal with, they are only temporary, aren't they? They are only temporary. And they don't hold a candle to what God has prepared for us one day. We get so wrapped up in what we're dealing with now and we take our eyes off of eternity. We take our eyes off of Him. And we forget what He has in store for us. And we shouldn't because Paul's reminded the sufferings that we're dealing with today do not compare to that glory. I don't know about you, but that could, should be exciting to you. As we, as we take our eyes off God and we deal with what we're dealing with today and just remember 
that God's got a great gift for us out there one of these days. In 1 Peter 5.10, it says it this way. He says, after you have suffered for a little while, that's interesting, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. What's he talking about there? The holy God who's called us for eternity will use circumstances in our lives, suffering in our lives, trials in our lives, to mold us and to shape us into becoming a person that looks more like Christ. That's, that's the object of what, he, what happens to us. When we're dealing with stuff and we don't like it and we're struggling, God, Romans eight twenty eight. you know that verse? God will take that kind of stuff and he will use it to mold us and to shape us into somebody that looks more like Jesus Christ. And is that not what God wants to do in our lives? To help us as believers to live a life that really resembles Christ in the way we love and the way we forget and the way we interact with people? Yeah, yeah. So many times the sufferings that we deal with have a, have a purpose have a purpose just like the thorn in his side in his flesh that Paul had had a purpose and that purpose was to keep him remembering who he was in Christ to keep him from becoming arrogant and prideful so that God could continue to use him and to mold him into to somebody that that, that he could be very proud of first Timothy 12 and 13 says this beloved do not be surprised <laughs> at the fiery ordeal which you find yourself in, which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing was happening to us. Don't be surprised when life gets difficult. Verse 13. But to the degree that you share the suffering of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of His glory you may rejoice with exultation. Well, what does all that mean? It means this. When we, when we suffer for the cause of Christ, and the Bible tells us this, when we suffer with him, one day, one day we will also share in his glory. When we suffer for the cause of Christ, one day, one day we will share in his glory. That's good stuff right there. We will share in his glory. You see, the Apostle Paul used his spiritual eyes to see the things that happened in his life. He didn't look at things of this old world and see them and go, oh, man. He didn't cuss God and get mad at God and throw a tantrum because all this stuff was happening in his life. Because, you see, he could see beyond this. He could see beyond what was happening here. He was looking out there with his spiritual eyes and I believe we need to do the very same thing he would call what he suffered this is great uh, 2 Corinthians 4 17 and 18 and I don't know how he did this but he did it he said all those things that he was suffering he says for momentary light afflictions he would call that light afflictions wow all that stuff he suffered, light afflictions. And he said it light afflictions, he said, because it is producing for you and me eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. 
it is producing eternal glory that we cannot even imagine as we w go through the light afflictions is what he would say and then he tells us how he can do that verse 18 while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal get your eyes off of your issues get your eyes off of the suffering the trials the circumstances and put your eyes on eternal things put your eyes on what God has for us later on down the road because whatever we deal with today is only temporal will not be around forever but by putting our faith and trust in Christ we will be around forever and we will be able to experience the glory like nothing else we'll be able to experience the vastness of the glory that he has set out for us you're struggling today you're suffering today man just uh, keep looking at him keep looking to the things that you cannot see which is God's power and God's love God's sovereignty and get your eyes off of those things that cause you to be down cause you to be discouraged cause you to want to just give up and get to looking at holy God and what he has for us that too is another amen and an amen I think right there <laughs> that's a promise the third promise I want to look at real quickly comes from Romans 8 38 and 39 another great great promise he says for I am convinced Paul would write after all of that he said I am convinced that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor things present or things to come no power no height nor depth or any other created thing can separate us from the love of God man just leave that up for dark for a second just look at that list that list is all encompassing that there's absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God death cannot separate us from the love of God if you've been born again because when you take your last breath here you're going to take your first breath in heaven because God has already dispatched his angels to come and get you to run the gauntlet from here to there protecting you as Satan tries to grab your soul and bring you back the angels will guide you and take you in a twinkle of an eye to the very presence of God that's an amen right there nothing life nor death can separate us from the love of God angels can't do it principalities government can't do it things present what you're living with today what we see in the news today cannot separate you from the love of God things that are coming down the road as we get closer and closer to tribulation and closer and closer to rapture they cannot separate you from the love of God there's nothing power that can take away God's love there's no height nor depth nor anything that anybody wants to create can stop God from loving you that is awesome news to the born again believer can you just imagine, I, I, and, I, and I thought about this, I just can't imagine Paul, Apostle Paul, as he is, they're stripping him of his clothes and they're tying him to a, to a, a pole there and they start beating on him. They start whipping him. 
And I can just imagine it going through his mind. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. The sufferings that I am going through right now do not compare what's going to happen to me one day in glory. And I believe as he, as he suffered through that and the shipwrecked and all the, the beatings and all that kind of stuff that were going down in his life, I believe he draws strength from those verses as he wrote those verses. Nothing, nothing can separate me. Oh, man. Oh, God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. These are just light afflictions because I know if I take my last breath here, I'll be absent from this old body, but I'll be present with the Lord. Man, what a promise that is. Man, when we, when we feel like things happen in our lives, when cancer or heart disease or family or job or whatever junk that comes down our way, and we, and we begin to think, God, where are you? <laughs> where are you, God? Or God just seems so far away. God, he says, God, where are you? And, and we get that way sometimes and we forget that God hasn't moved. God hasn't turned his back on you. He hasn't gone, oh, man, I can't watch that. It's, no. God has been there and he will always be there because you see nothing can separate you from the love of God no matter what you're going through and you know I can I can preach all day on those three verses and I could read those three verses all day 24-7 but Friends, if you don't take those verses off of the printed page and put them into your life, what good are they? Friend, we've got to take his word and we've got to read his word and we've got to take those words off of this page right here. And we got to live on them, and we got to stand on them, and we got to trust them, and we've got to put them into our lives where they become second nature to us. And if you don't do that, if when, when struggles come and, and, and all you can think about is how hard life is, and you never stop and think about that, that this suffering does not compare to what's going to happen here or we forget that God just loves you so much he knows what's going on and he is sovereign and he's going to be there to give you what you need and until we get in our lives that we do that it, they're just words on a page I beg you, I ask you please take them off the page and put them in your heart and live with those words there's no condemnation or judgment for the born-again believer. We will never experience the wrath of God. But the Bible says what? On the other side of that, that statement is, he has an inheritance for us that we cannot even imagine. That's good news. That is good news. The things that we deal with today, 
don't compare to what the glory has for he has for us and you can never get outside the boundaries of God's love when you've been born again if you try to walk away go sideways choose your life how you want to but you've been born again I'm going to tell you this God's arms are open wide and he says come on back to me boys and girls because I still love you matter of fact matter of fact I believe that when you take a step forward to come to God he's already running to you the Bible says that's biblical did you know that the prodigal son sees him way after what does dad do he doesn't sit on the porch the dad goes what he runs to him and embraces him and kisses him says get a ring and put a clothes on him and get the fatty calf we're going to celebrate and that's what God wants to do for you if you wandered away from the faith or you've never been a part of the faith you never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior his arms are open wide he says come to me come to me and I will love you and I will embrace you and I will give you eternal life and I will love you forever and forever And there will be no condemnation in your life from here on out. That, my friends, is good news. Have you made that decision today? I hope the message today has encouraged you, Trish. I hope it has. I hope you take these verses and ponder them, look at them, go over them again. Maybe even put them in your memory bank. Now, what a great thing to put, put those three verses in your memory. It won't take you long to do that, to memorize those verses. And then when something happens, you, I guarantee the Holy Spirit will go, boom. Remember that verse? Remember? Remember Romans 8, 18? Remember Romans 8, 1? Remember Romans 8, 38 and 39? Remember that? And he will draw that up, and you can draw strength from that when you need the strength. That's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. If you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, I would ask you to do that today. If you've been born again and you've wandered away and you don't know what really what to, what to do, I can tell you what to do. Come to Christ, and he'll accept you with arms open wide. As we bow our heads and close our eyes for our invitation time, I'm going to ask you to do business with the Lord. I'm going to ask you to just maybe even ask him to just put these three verses, burn them into your heart. Maybe say, I'll even memorize them, Father, if you want me to, because they're just such great promises. Do business with the Lord during this invitation time as Trisha plays. The invitation is there for you.